0: Beltone Hearing Aid Center presents the drive. Ready, ready. The drive. Elmore Deep, left side, three, it's good. From 30 feet, John Elmore. The Drive with Paul Swan.
1: Welcome in. It is the Friday edition. Your drive begins now here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're presented by Beltone Hearing Aid Center coming up this hour. We're going to preview a couple of the big matches across the Tri-State. We've got Cabell Midland tonight at Capitol. We've also got Spring Valley taking on George Washington. A couple of big matchups. Huntington High is off tonight. So we've got high school action to talk about. Tomorrow's the big day. Marshall taking on NC State. I'm going to be over at the stage 4 o'clock. HIMG Thundering Herd Concert Series is where I'm going to be. On the Coors Light stage, we've got the band Steel coming on stage. It's going to be Bo Steele and Ben Rubineau. And those guys are going to uh, be telling you more about uh, their new hit. They've got a few songs we're playing right now on our sister station, 93.7 The Dog. Their latest hit is I-95. So we're going to talk to those guys tomorrow before they perform. And we do that every game at Jones C. Edwards Stadium a couple hours before kickoff right there on the west lot. So I hope you guys can come out and join me there tomorrow. Dave Walsh is going to be with me as well as we preview Marshall and NC State. I think we've talked a lot about this one already. I I don't think there's too much more that we can try to uncover. We know right now what it's going to be. Can NC State get their running game going? And if so, will Reggie Galsby have a good game? Ryan Finley is going to be a tough quarterback to stop. And you're going to have a couple of wide receivers that are really tough for NC State. I think Kelvin Harmon's going to be their big wide receiver tomorrow. And the other storyline is Isaiah Green. You know, Isaiah's gone up against Miami, Ohio, and Eastern Kentucky. Not necessarily the biggest names in college football. NC State's going to be the best opponent he will possibly see all year long. Is he ready for a team the likes of NC State? Also, Tyree Brady, what kind of game is he going to have? Now, he doesn't have the same quarterback, but is this a day for Isaiah to shine? And will Tyree Brady have another outstanding performance at the hands of NC State? We'll see there. And then Marshall's running game could use a little help as well. I hope to see a bigger performance, maybe Keon Davis, Tyler King, get some more rushes out of those guys. Again, The running attack for the Thundering Herd right now is at 130, 130 per game. The passing attack is at 275. On the flip side of that, NC State way better at the passing, 376.5 yards a contest, but their running attack needs a little help, so they're hoping that this is the game where they break through and really get their running attack going. They're right at 99 yards a contest. Defensively, they've been a little bit better than the Thundering Herd. They've only given up an average of 10 points to contest. Marshall has been giving up an average of 22 a contest. So defensively, NC State's a little bit better. Offensively, these two teams are pretty close to each other. We're talking a point separation. Marshall and their two contests have averaged 33.5 a game. NC State and their two contests have averaged 32.5 a game. So we're right there. The big difference is going to be giving up the big plays, keeping the NC State running game a little dormant, and at the same time finding the open guy, and that's Tyree Brady. Get him open, let him go out there and do what he did against them last year. And that's just score, big plays. I think Marshall's going to get some big plays. Will I hazard a prediction? Well, you got to tune in tomorrow, 4 o'clock. Belltone Hearing Aid Center, college football today. You got to tune in tomorrow. Find out what that prediction is going to be. Again, going to be at the West Lot on the Coors Lot stage. HIMG thundering her concert series with the band Steel tomorrow, and we'll be there, getting you set for game day. So Marshall and NC State—that's our game tomorrow. We've got high school games to tell you about tonight. Coming up a little bit later on the program, we're going to hear from Jason Toy. Or we might get Adam Rodgers, depending on which one's driving right now, which one's going to be at the phone. Those gentlemen will be breaking it down for us a little bit later on as Cabell Midland trying to get back to the winning side. They have lost two straight. They're taking on undefeated capital. That's coming up tonight at Layley Field. You can listen to that over on our sister station, 97.9 The River. Also, we've got Spring Valley at George Washington. Spring Valley a little bit better than George Washington. They're undefeated as well. GW coming into this one two and two. So we'll get previews of those matchups, but as I said, there's a lot of games in the tri-state. Running down first, Ohio. Let's see what Ohio is doing first. Ironton's taking on South Point tonight. You got Rock Hill taking on Fairland. We've got Cole Grove at Chesapeake on our sister station. Cat Sports ninety three three and thirteen forty. Also Portsmouth taking on Gallia Academy. Sims Valley's at Green and Wheelersburg is taking on Jackson tonight. On the Kentucky side of things, Ashland taking on Rowland County. You've got Boyd County taking on Johnson Central. Russell's got West Carter tonight to contend with. Greenup County's taking on East Carter tonight. It'll be Raceland at Portsmouth West. Fairview's going to be at Lucasville Valley. Lawrence County's at Painesville tonight. And for a complete rundown of scores after the games, don't forget... Tune in to Cat Sports 93.3 and 13.40. We've got the Kentucky High School Scoreboard Show. Those guys will run down all the scores in the state of Kentucky. Now on the West Virginia side, the two games I mentioned, Cabell Midland at Capitol, Spring Valley at GW. You can hear those games respectively across our Kindred radio stations. Huntington's off tonight. Huntington's uh, taking on Open. So Highlanders will be back at it next week. Wayne is at Nitro tonight. Tulsa's got Tug Valley, and then you got Hurricane taking on Woodrow Wilson. Winfield's got Logan. Polka's going to be taking on Mingo Central. Buffalo's taking on Williamstown. Lincoln County, they're open. Point Pleasant is taking on Pikeville. Yes, right, Pikeville, Kentucky. And Hannon is taking on Van tonight. And for a complete rundown of scores in West Virginia, don't forget, since we don't have Huntington High tonight, 9.30, Fred Persinger, high school game night, takes the airwaves starting at 9.30 tonight, and that'll roll till midnight. We'll have all the scores from across the state of West Virginia, and we do that every Friday night, either after the Huntington High game or we'll go on early as 9.30 p.m. Just depends on when the Highlanders are done. If they go a little late, we join Fred late. If they get off the air a little early, we join Fred early. But usually 9.30 is the start time. For high school game night, we usually pick it up at 10 after our game, and you can listen to it all season long right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So we've got a lot of high school to get into, so we're going to do that when we come back from break. First up, we're going to talk about Cabell Midland at Capitol, get a preview of that matchup. You can hear that game tonight on our sister station, 97.9 The River. Later on, we'll preview Spring Valley. As they take on George Washington. And we'll do all that starting next here on The Drive, presented by Beltone Hearing Aid Center on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
2: Near record summer.
0: Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
1: We're presented by Beltone Hearing Aid Center. Welcome back. It's The Drive on your Friday here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Joining me now on the program, he'll have a call of Huntington High's favorite, favorite team to watch when they're not playing. That's right, it's Cabell Midland. I'm making that up, Jason, but the, you know what? You're my favorite guy to listen to when Huntington High is not playing. They're taking on Capital tonight, and we'll have that game for you on our sister station, ninety-seven nine, The River. This should be interesting because the Midland Knights need a win. They have uh, lost two in a row. A lot of people thought that Huntington, Cabell Midland, Spring Valley would be rolling over opponents until they met each other. Not the case the last couple of weeks, or at least for Cabell Midland, they took on a tough Spring Valley team, and then uh, – felt like maybe that Spring Valley loss was part of the reason why they lost last week
0: well they were a little bit flat last week I mean no fans bust about it Coach Luke Sammons told us that as well they were just flat uh they lost a little bit of that pep in the step a little bit and they got behind early and just didn't battle back and they had a lot of elements going against them and uh, a lot of people you know believe me I would never question the officiating but there were a lot of people were were questioning a little bit in the stands you know a lot of the fans were and they um had a lot of things called back. You know, they had an 85-yard touchdown run that was called back. They had at least three touchdown opportunities that were uh, taken back by mistakes, penalties, those type of things as well. So those are things they had to work on in practice this week. Uh, They changed some things up a little bit offensively, kind of getting back to a little bit more traditional type of things. So it'll be interesting tonight to see how it all shakes out against a very tough capital team, number one team in the state. They've got players that have been starting since their freshman year here, so it seems like they've been here for about 10 years. So they are very familiar with uh, Capital, and when you look at the history for Cabell Midland, has always been the thorn in the side for Cabell Midland. They're the one team that they actually have a losing record to that they've faced, you know, more than five times. So it's a, uh, it's always a battle. You know, last year it came down to the final play of that big touchdown pass that gave Capital the win and uh, eventually put them on towards the state finals. But it's a, uh, it's going to be a juggernaut or not here tonight.
1: This is also one of those games where if. If Cabell Midland can get this one, they're right back in the hunt for a solid playoff position. The points mm-hmm. on the line here. I mean, is going to benefit if they get Cabell Midland, but Cabell Midland's definitely going to hit the jackpot tonight, taking on an undefeated Capital.
0: Yeah, I mean, they will, and they'll benefit both teams on both sides of the ball. So, it's a win, it's a must-win for, must for Cabell Midland, and if you look at it for, for Capital as well, the way how tight things are, especially in the top eight right now, it's it's a must win for them too, to keep the momentum going for them. So it's a, I mean, it's going to be a tough one here tonight. I know and fans about it for Capital Midland, try to bounce back. You're going to go against, against a lot of speed, a lot of size with, with capital. You know what you're going to get because they haven't changed. And it's been the same personnel the last, you know, four years, the guys that were starting as freshmen that, you know, lit up things as a freshman. Now they're doing it as a as senior. So it's going to be, uh, it's just going to be, who's going to be the who's going to fight for it harder.
1: Do you think that maybe just the schedule's benefited Capital a little bit more right now? They had a tough go against Parkersburg, and, and they get that win, but this Capital team seems like that's a team that could be gotten, and this Capital Midland Knights team could be the right team to get them, especially the, the rushing attack is going to be one of concern for Capital tonight.
0: Yeah, Parkersburg is a team that is very much improved. You know, Capital Midland saw that earlier this year. They got the win, but it's a team that is, like I said, improved. They've got a, uh, a Division One wide receiver that's on that team that was out against Cavill Midland but came back the week after that. That He's a guy that can electrify things. It's uh, That's a team that, like I said, it's getting better and better the second year with their coaching staff, so they're starting to get a little bit of that uh, program built up. For Capital last week, they, they made a lot of mistakes. Coach John Carpenter said it wasn't pretty. Uh, they made a lot of mistakes, a lot of miscues that allowed Parkersburg uh, to stay in that game. So, so, You go back through the season so far, this is a team that has had um, they played against Johnson Central on the road in John, at Johnson Central. So you know how tough they can be, and they're able to come out with a win. So they've been tested so far. So far, they haven't broken.
1: Jason Toys with us. He's going to be joined with Adam Rogers tonight to give us the call of Cabell Midland. They are on the road. Lately feel the place to be tonight for the game against Capitol. And you'll have, of course, the broadcast on 97.9 The River. And heading up to Lately, um that's a tough place to play. Uh, just ask Huntington High. They've had to travel up there, I think, 500 times the last uh, you know, 10 years just to play Capitol. So uh, I know the Knights know that's a tough place to get a win out of.
0: Yeah, it's a tough place for anybody to come in here and play and get a win with. So, yeah, it's never, uh, never an easy place to come into, although – uh Cabell Midland did play up here earlier this year in the, uh, in the Jamboree, in the grid rama And were, uh, you know, they played against George Washington up here for a, a game, which was good because they got a chance to play on the new turf here. So the exact same turf that they had put down at Cabell Midland's at the Castle. And the only problem is they had an issue with this turf after the first week uh, of it being down. It started to come apart at the seams a little bit. But the manufacturers for the turf got on a plane, flew here, fixed it immediately. And since then, it's been great because this field gets used a lot not only with Capital, but also Little League football, Midget League football here as well, plus the University of Charleston. This is their home field as well, too. So they, they practice, they play. This field gets used quite a bit. Matter of fact, probably about four times more than what Cabell Midland or Huntington High Stadium will get used.
1: Jason Toys with us on the program tonight. It's going to be Campbell Midland taking on Capital. a Iconic destination, really, for high school football, Laidley Field. So this one should be a, a fun contest tonight. And Midland Knights uh, hoping to get the win, if that's the case. Um, you're going to be helping a lot of folks because that will knock uh, capital off from their lofty perch, move Midland up. And at the same time, uh, that's going to definitely help in the, the playoff picture. Of course, we're all right now just jockeying for the right to play Martins, uh, Martinsburg, mm. right? <laughs>
0: yeah, they are. And, uh, yeah. That, they always seem to be the one that's out front, you know. But surprisingly, with the way the points work out uh, and the teams that they have played, that puts Capital uh, in that top spot over Martinsburg this week in the rankings, you know. And Capital, uh, Capital plays a, a lot tougher schedule, seems like, compared to Martinsburg, who has to go out and play teams from DC and Virginia and other teams as well to, to try to fill out their schedule. Just not enough. And but frankly, not nobody really wants to go up there to play. Who wants to go into Martinsburg and play in a regular season? So. It's uh, the points worked out for Capital, And like I said, this is a team that with John Carpenter, it's poised again to make another run at the state championship. And, you know, it's a hurdle right now for Cabell Midland. A, they got to try to get their momentum back and their legs back up underneath them. The other part of it as well, too, that to try to come away with a win to get the momentum back because the road swing continues here for Cabell Midland after this. They, uh, they of course, the Hurricane last week, they were at Riverside up here in the Canal Valley next week, a very much improved Riverside squad. And then they'll close out this four game road swing when they go to Belfry, Kentucky. So it doesn't get any easier.
1: Looking back at uh, that schedule for Martinsburg, they're playing a Philadelphia team tonight. They had to travel yeah. there, and the thing is, it's a quicker jump for them to go there than say play a team in the southern part of West Virginia.
0: Oh yeah. That's a trip. I just you know, I'll drive anywhere else, it seems like, but to try to get the Martin the Martinsville. Martinsville. Martin, no, Martinburg, it's just it's, it's a country mile. I mean, it's an eight hour trip to get up there.
1: Well, luckily for you, you just got to go to Laidley tonight, so mm-hmm. it that well, it, that's not I, too well, bad.
0: That's why that's why when you're calling Cabell Midland games, I'm really really hoping that they can get get, get some wins. They can get up in the upper side, the upper seeds, thing in the, that top eight seed. So I don't have to make a trip to you know Hedgesville or to Martinsburg in the playoffs, which I've had to do before.
1: You know, you have a color commentator, so I, I'm just saying you can always pawn some of that work off on him.
0: Well, he's a high, he's a man that's in high demand, so you know, sometimes it's, it, if it doesn't fit his schedule, you know, we got to work around it.
1: You mean his convenient schedule, right?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Especially during that game. <laughs> Jason toys with us tonight, and of course, uh, you're going to go on the air uh, a little bit after seven o'clock tonight, right? About seven fifteen. Yeah.
0: 7 o'clock, we're on the air.
1: Okay, go ahead, straight up at 7, okay. And you can tune in yes, to 97.9 The River and uh, smile for uh, the um, for the video camera, right? That's the game tonight on, on the video. That's great about what
0: we do with our Kendra digital presentation. Uh, you will not see us on camera, so we won't break the lens. That's a good thing.
1: Come on, you're not going to do a live stand-up <laughs> for the camera tonight?
0: <laughs> no, but you'll hear us, which is great. And the, But the one thing that we, uh, for folks that are coming up here, and or maybe not able to make their way to Lately, And there is weather possibilities here tonight. Uh, That is, you know, by the time we get to the second half, it could be raining here at Lately Field. Um, But if they don't make the trip and they're watching us on Kindred Digital or listening to us on the radio, at halftime on the digital side of things, you'll be able to check out the best band in the land, the Cabell Midland Marching Band. They'll have their performance. And we've had people of the vastest, and we're abiding to it. We're going to show the entire halftime performance on the digital side for the Cabal Muslim Band, so they can check it out.
1: All right. So the band will be performing. You can catch that on the digital stream. And just uh, yep. do me one favor. Um, just make sure no more 65-yard Hail Marys happen, okay?
0: <laughs> well, my my biggest thing is to make sure that if it does happen, that somebody is actually recording it. I didn't have a recording of it last year. so.
1: Yeah, that's, that's the kicker. Um, 65-yard <laughs> Hail Mary no jason toy no record winner. of it yeah
0: no, game no 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 call of it yeah
1: well if, it, if if there's no call of it did it happen
0: Oh, yeah and it was one of my best calls ever so <laughs> oh, no
1: that's even worse <laughs> yeah. all right we'll make yeah, sure the recorders is. are rolling back here tonight as uh, you've got the trip to layley field in capitol and we'll get you on next week you know i don't think you've that's done your task, w- by the way what's that
0: that's your task and we're tasking you with that to make sure before you leave today that they're recording the game. Uh, I will go because the way because the way these two teams play, it could come down to a last deal.
1: Okay, I will make sure that will be my task. Make sure the recorder <laughs> is rolling, and uh, we'll hopefully get you back on the show next week. I don't think you've done the first three. You've you pawned those off on other people.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I try my best to do that now. Yeah. It just seemed to work out that way. Matter of fact, Adam is helping out right now with the uh, folks from Kindred Digital and helping them run a couple of lines here. So.
1: Go to the Facebook page. Of course, uh, listen to the radio broadcast. However you do it, Jason will have the call tonight, and let's hope the Cabell Midland's a winner, and we're talking about a victory next week.
0: Yeah, hopefully we will.
1: Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. All right, bud. That is Jason Toy. He'll have the call tonight. of Cabell Midland, Capital. And we're going to record the game. We're going to make sure. Get that message, Gabriel Sellard, get that message to uh, the other Sellard. Record the game. Jason Toy would like a copy of that. All right. Uh, When we come back, we're going to turn our attention to Spring Valley. Spring Valley tonight at George Washington at Steve Edwards Field. We'll talk about that with Luke Perry when we continue here. I'm sorry, Matt Perry. When we continue here, it is The Drive, ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930.
0: Don't worry. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM
1: 930. Welcome back. It's the Friday edition. The Drive presented by Beltone Hearing Aid Center on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And Coming up later on, you can hear that on our sister station, 92.7 on 98.5 The Planet. It's going to be Spring Valley at George Washington. The Timberwolves take. Washington at Steve Edwards Field, and joining us on the program now a gentleman who I misidentified briefly as a '90s and early 2000s TV heartthrob, Luke Perry. No, I'm mm. sorry, it is Matt Perry, more accurately enough, <laughs> closer to his namesake from the TV show
2: Friends. I, I'm yeah, sorry. the bane of my existence, Chandler Bing. You,
1: you just you don't have the Luke Perry look. I'm sorry. I mean.
2: Uh, devilishly handsome. Uh, I beg to differ. Um,
1: yes. Um, okay. <laughs> well, I see this segment's got off to the right start. It always does. Again, you know, if this was like Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday, we take this a little bit more seriously. But since it's Friday, we're having fun. That's sort of the mantra hey, you know, here. That that's that's sort of Mondays and Fridays are kind of fun. Every every other <laughs> day of the week, we try to take this a little bit more seriously. So. um Spring Valley, they're four and zero. That's not terrible.
2: No, a uh, big uh, a big win last week. Traveling to South Charleston did not start off well for the Timberwolves. Uh, turned the ball over two times in the first half, uh, three times overall. Led to uh, two South Charleston touchdowns, but eventually they uh, they they gained their uh, composure and uh, took care of business against the Black Eagles.
1: This week. Timberwolves are going to be taking on a George Washington team that is two and 2-2. Two. So what do you see out of this George Washington squad that might give Spring Valley fits?
2: Well, they scored 70 points last week. <laughs> I don't care who the opponent is. It was uh, St. Albans, but George Washington won, I believe. It was either 68 or 69 to nothing, and uh, they throw the ball a lot. Spring Valley has not faced a team that has truly aired it out yet. Um, so I am anxious to see if um, the Spring Valley secondary can uh, hold their own and uh, maybe create some turnovers with how often the Patriots like to fling it through the air.
1: Is there a feeling that, okay, sometimes Spring Valley might just have to sell out to get after quarterback Grant Wells from uh, GW, try to stop yeah. him at the uh, at the point of him throwing instead of just hoping for the best?
2: Exactly. Uh, Spring Valley's defensive line will have uh, will need to get pressure – especially up the middle with nose tackle Doug Nestor and uh, the rest of that defensive line. Last week, they had no problems in doing that. Um, being They were in South Charleston's backfield through most of the second half. So we'll see if George Washington can um, keep Nestor um, contained. It's going to be, obviously, he is a big boy, 310 pounds. Um, they're going to have to double him at least. They're going to have to hit him with the center and a guard to keep him from uh, wreaking havoc in the backfield.
0: Now,
1: Valley Spring Valley is, is big. Spring Valley is uh, strong. Spring Valley is tough, right? Those are fair characteristics of this team, but are they fast enough to, uh, to compete on this? Uh, uh, well, this with this particular opponent?
2: Uh, Spring Valley has showed that speed, it's been surprising, because usually we're used to the Wayne County four yards in a cloud of dust football. Um, Spring Valley does have great defensive team speed. Now, are they overall as fast as George Washington? Probably not. But their defensive team speed, uh, especially on the edges with Cody Sharp and with cornerback Grayson Malashevich, they have pure speed. So I, I'm really anxious to see, like I said, I think George Washington's going to challenge them and they're going to throw the ball a lot. So I'm going to be able to, um, you're going to be able to gauge very early on if Spring Valley has that speed. Me being uh, just guessing after how fast they were against Cabell Midland, I mean everybody talked about Cabell Midland speed. Spring Valley held them to 30 yards rushing, so um, they've done a lot of things that people haven't expected this year.
1: Joining us on the program with a preview of tonight's matchup between Spring Valley and George Washington is Matt Perry, not not Luke Perry, That's Matt right? Perry. <laughs> I don't know why I even thought of that because you know when I think of you I don't think of Luke Perry I really don't.
2: Well, you know, not a, what was it, Beverly Hills nine oh two one oh? Yes, yes, great uh, with like yeah, Shannon Darity and all. Yeah, yeah, you remember that I show, don't, don't you? Mm. Oh yeah. yeah, I remember it, and uh, you, yeah, handsome devil. Like you, I said, you Netflix exactly. it all the
1: time, right? Yeah, you... uh,
2: it's on my queue.
1: Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, right after Friends, you you watch that, right?
2: I I refuse to watch that show. Listen, Paul, when I was at Marshall, every first class I could tell you there was somebody that made that joke. They could be like, you know, Matthew Perry here. Oh, where's Monica? Oh, is Jennifer Aniston? You know, like all every time. I'm like, no, I haven't heard that one 3,000 times before, guys. Thanks. Appreciate it. All
1: right. I think we touched a uh – a sore spot here. We've opened a, a flesh wound or something for Matt Perry, who's with us tonight. Again, Spring Valley's taking you on at Steve Edwards Field. And, um, of course, you're playing on Steve Edwards Field. And Patriots coach Steve Edwards Jr. Um, mm-hmm. was pretty kind in his remarks, uh, said that Good luck trying to uh, come up with a game plan to, to kind of keep uh, Spring Valley from uh, getting at least seven yards, six or seven yards with their running game tonight. Is that going to be the focus for Spring Valley? You think? Just go ahead and pound last it.
2: Week, yeah, last week, Paul, they had nine different ball carriers. There was two running backs that got sick in the first half. Two starting running backs, and then it was they didn't miss a beat. Luke Christopher probably third on the depth chart at running back, scored two touchdowns, his first ever two-touchdown performance as a varsity letterman. He, uh, sophomore, Cole Diamond came in and ran for 40 yards and was inches away from his first ever varsity touchdown. They had a freshman running the ball. They didn't miss a beat. They absolutely dominated the line of scrimmage, as they usually do, and just really controlled the pace after South Charleston's uh, haymakers in the first half. Now, I give a lot of credit to South Charleston. Talk about game plan. Two onside kicks right off the bat, two strip and recover fumbles right off the bat. And they came out swinging, but Spring Valley showed their resolve and uh, kept their head. They were very unhappy at halftime, and you could hear that halftime talk. They were very unhappy, but they took care of business.
1: Getting think Spring Valley can stay with that game plan if, for whatever reason, all of a sudden uh, Grant Wells uh, finds the end zone a couple times, a couple of quick scores there, and all of a sudden Spring Valley's. Playing from behind, do you think uh, Spring Valley can maintain that, that just grueling running pace? Or
2: They have to. They have to. Uh, the reason I say that is because, and it's the same story that it's been two straight seasons, they haven't shown that they can consistently throw it yet. And that is the weakness. Uh, against Cabell Midland, Grayson Malashevich showed that when he comes in a quarterback, he can, he can throw the ball. But that was out of a wildcat formation, you know, playing a little bit of trickery and such. I do not know if Spring Valley, if it comes to that, if Coach Dingus goes to a, a pass-heavy offense, it could be an upset because Spring Valley has to control the ground, period. That's just how they win.
1: Spring Valley tonight taking on George Washington. You can listen to the game on our sister station, 92-7 and 98-5, the planet. Spring Valley 4-0 and taking on a 2-2 and GW squad. Featuring probably one of the best quarterbacks in the state of West Virginia. He's leading the Mountain State Athletic Conference for sure in passing. Uh, over 1,000 yards, has 11 touchdowns, and he's uh, committed to go to Marshall. So a lot of eyes on him, but he's definitely their main weapon tonight. And Spring Valley is going to have to try to counter that by either stopping him or just, um, well, that's it. I-, I got nothing else for you. <laughs> stopping him. Yep. He's, he's, yep. he's the key.
2: They have to stop him, and you, you brought up a great point earlier. It's going to be interior, in uh, the interior line is going to have to get pressure consistently. If he has a pocket, it does not matter how good your defensive backs are. He will find the open man.
1: Did you get that, um, get that cinnamon ice cream taco we talked about?
2: Not yet. I thought, I was waiting for you to come down to Cerrito so I could buy you one.
1: I, I never got the invite. Sorry.
2: You, anytime you're in Cerrito, you just hit up that cell phone. I
1: can be and there, I I there any time
2: okay i just i I would i welcome eating crow and having a cinnamon taco with you i welcome it we'll do it next week i'm excited
1: we'll do it next week i'm
2: in i'm in
1: okay it's going to happen i mean especially since you're buying
2: i mean you do know we're going to have to take selfies with this cinnamon taco and it has to be all over the social media though right
1: what is it with you and facebook
2: (laughs) i love facebook
1: apparently what is it with you
2: Well, that's how I found out that I was wrong about the cinnamon taco, Paul.
1: I told you you were wrong. That's all you needed to know. I told you you (laughs) were wrong.
2: While you are my favorite sports talk radio announcer, I could not take that I did not know everything there is to know about Austin. That kind of like took my residency card from the Serena Canova area and put it in question.
1: I mean, I didn't call your manhood out. I said you were wrong about one piece of ice cream. Gosh.
2: I didn't say you called it. I said I was having an identity crisis. Apparently. It was me. All it right. was me. Okay. Um,
1: I'll check with Kindred uh, yeah, HR, see if we can get that therapy program going here for you.
2: I appreciate it, man. I really need it.
1: Spring Valley taking on GW is coming up tonight. You can listen to it on our sister station, 92-7, 98-5, the planet where I'm sure the conversation of cinnamon ice cream tacos are going to come up uh, early and often. This game gets out of hand. If not, it's going to be a fun one for sure. Uh, good luck. We'll talk to you next week, and uh, let's hope that we're talking about another Spring Valley victory.
2: I appreciate you every week, man. Thanks for having me on, and thanks for having fun.
1: That's Matt Perry. Always having fun with him. We're gonna uh, take our next break. Come back, and we're gonna get you set for the rest of the night. We've got college to talk about tomorrow. Again, the Thundering Herd taking you on NC State. The Wolfpack are in Huntington. The equipment truck is at Jonesia Woods Stadium. It's on tomorrow, and you can hear it right here on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930.
0: ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. It's the Friday
1: edition. High school football across the Tri-State. College football tomorrow. The Bengals are in action against Carolina on Sunday. You can listen to that game right here on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. And last night, last night, I witnessed something I hadn't seen in a long time. I saw hope. I saw hope as the Cleveland Browns beat the Jets. Now, I'm not saying that's a, a major accomplishment in itself, We're talking the Jets. The Jets seem to forget to play defense in the second half. Plus, he did well. I'm not jumping on the bandwagon like everyone else is. I'm not going to do that just yet. But yes, Baker Mayfield did have a good performance. And more importantly, marketers everywhere were taking notes as the free Bud Light became available to those lucky Cleveland fans who were anxiously awaiting the opening of the Wind Locker. It was kind of fun watching that stuff on that night because it wasn't the barkeep or whatever. It wasn't a guy with a key like, okay, let's let's unlock this thing. Nope. Chains came down automatically. They were connected to the Wi-Fi. So chains come off. And let the good times roll. Cleveland Browns have got a football win. So they're 1-1-1. By the way, Baltimore has one more win than the Steelers. Cleveland has one more win than the Steelers. The Bengals have two more wins than the Steelers. And the Steelers are 0-1-1. No wins, one loss, one tie. The Browns have a win. The Browns have everything. They've got it all. They got a win, loss, and a tie. They got one of each. So hats off to the Browns fans. You're a lovable bunch of losers. You've got a win. Uh, let's hope you guys can make mediocrity. Besides, those was the Jets. I think Cleveland's got a, a good shot at being respectable this year. Their schedule is favorable for them. And I'm not saying Baker Mayfield's the second coming because, after all, this is Cleveland. This is where quarterbacks go to die. But with that said, the Browns are winners once again. Now the Thundering Herd are trying to stay undefeated, taking on NC State. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to go on the air at 4 o'clock. That's right, 4 o'clock with Beltone Hearing Aid Center. College football today. I'm going to be broadcasting live. Along with Dave Walsh on the Coors Light stage, HIMG Thundering Heard Concert Series will feature the band Steel. They've got an album out right now. Their new album is Moon and a Mason Jar. Check that out online. And, of course, those guys are going to be in performance tomorrow, getting you ready for kickoff. And uh, it's going to be, a, um, I think, an emotional day tomorrow because you got NC State coming in, and then you're going to have... Reggie Oliver Day. So it's Reggie Oliver Day tomorrow. And there's going to be a a tribute to him about 654 tomorrow. So get in the stadium early because you don't want to miss this. Gonna be a nice tribute to Reggie Oliver. He meant a lot to Marshall football. He definitely Was an ambassador for Marshall football during and after. And he's going to be uh, definitely uh, someone we're going to miss for a long time to come. And it's going to be Reggie Oliver Day tomorrow. So the tribute will begin with the pregame at 6.54 tomorrow. So get in the stadium. Get off the west lot. Get to your seat. Be in the stadium for that. It's going to be a good crowd for sure. I'm not sure if sellout is happening just yet. Maybe there's going to be a good walk-up tomorrow. I'd like to see close to a sellout. I hate to think that we can't see a sellout for this game. There should be a sellout for this. Good ACC opponent coming in. You're going to see one of the best quarterbacks you've seen all year long with Ryan Finley. The guy is just going to be throwing it, lights out. Marshall's got a chance in this game, though. I really think Marshall's key here is weather the storm. Let the passing attack be what it is. Try not to get burned by it. But keep the guy off the field. Keep Ryan Finley off the field. Grind up the yards. I mean, it's going to be tempting to go to Tyree Brady a lot. But this is where I'm going to start featuring my running attack a little bit more. I'm going to try to keep the defense on the field as much as I can for NC State. Churn up some yards. See where I'm going with this here. See if I can get some good production out of my running game. And find Tyree for a big one. But he might not be the guy I get to because he might be double-covered. They might be looking at him like we're not going to have this guy running all over us again. With those receptions, Obi-Obiallo, I'm looking at him. I'm going to be spreading it out a little bit more. And keep the pressure off Isaiah Green. That's going to be the O-line's job. Keep the pressure off Isaiah Green. That's it. That's what you need to do. So you get to those uh, keys. I think you got a chance here. If NC State starts lighting it up, this is going to be a basketball game. This guy is accurate. This guy is down. And he might take a deep shot now and then. We'll see what that secondary can do against him. But if Finley can get a big play now and then, if he gets deep a little bit, it might make Marshall's day a lot longer. And this is the guy who could probably do it. This is one of the most accurate quarterbacks I've ever seen come in to Jones C. Edwards. Ranks eighth in the country, 367.5 passing yards per game. Sixth in the nation, with a 71 completion percentage. That's right. 71.0 is his completion percentage. And he's eighth in passing yards. I mean, this is going to be a guy who will go to the air. And when he does. He's going to be on target, and if he can get someone deep and be on target, that's going to cause some headaches for that herd secondary. But just looking at this game, the strengths here are Marshall's probably going to be a better running game. NC State's going to try to get that running game going because Marshall knows the pass is coming, so what do you do? You Run the pass, right? Basic football. Kelvin Harmon's going to be the weapon here. He hasn't got a touchdown yet, but um, Harmon is going to probably be the guy that Finley targets a lot. Tyree is going to be the guy Isaiah targets a little bit, but I would establish that running game. That's where I would look. I would see if I can make something happen with that running game. Spread it out. I mean, Thundering Herd is more of a pass team anyway, but the running attack has been there. It's not the best running attack in Conference USA, but it's okay. It's 130 yards per contest. And really, I would try to make that running game a priority because Eastern Kentucky worked too hard. I'm not saying they outworked the herd. I'm just saying they worked hard. And they made sure to make that running game a difficulty for the thundering herd. And this is a case where Marshall just did not push those guys out of the way. They got met with some force. Now, Eastern Kentucky is a solid team coming out of the FCS. Give them respect. But Marshall should have been able to bully their way through them. It might be a little tougher against NC State. Again, NC State's a team that uh, haven't given up much as far as points, but. Marshall's probably their toughest test at yet to date on the schedule. Thundering Herd definitely won't see one much tougher than NC State on this schedule. Other than that, right now I'm thinking Florida Atlantic's probably the toughest team on the schedule. NC State, Florida Atlantic. Probably the rest of Conference USA, other than that FAU game, Marshall could be favored in every game. Get past NC State, make the trek to western Kentucky, get the win, start rolling. And that's going to do it for this edition of the program here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I want to thank our producer tonight, one Mr. Gabriel Sellers. I'm Paul Swan. We're going to be back on Saturday, 4 p.m. for Belltone Hearing Aid Center College Football Today. As NC State taking on the Thundering Herd, we're going to join you on the West Lot. We're going to be live on the Coors Light stage for the HIMG Thundering Herd Concert Series. For producer Gabriel Sellers, I'm Paul Swan. Thanks for joining me here on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930.